0: Hark oh, now we are, the Watford sing, the loot and run away. And we will fight forevermore because of Boxing Day. What a lovely seasonal tune, Lamper. And a very Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> Hornet Heaven, 2016 Christmas Special. When we collide, Earth season 2016-17. It was Christmas Day, 2016. Occupation Road was basking in glorious eternal sunshine. The head steward in Hornet Heaven, Lamper, had just emerged from the ancient turnstile. But he didn't have his usual high viz jacket on. The young skinhead was wearing just his Lacoste polo shirt and Farrah slacks. Henry Grover the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881, noticed that Lamper had a black eye. Golly, Lamper, are you all right? You've got a right old shiner there. I'm oh, more than all right, mate. All my Christmas wishes have just come true. Oh, dear. Why do I think this sounds like bad news for the rest of us? It ain't bad news, mate. It's brilliant. I've just been to the 1979 Boxing Day home game against Luton when there was all that knuckle on the terraces. Usually, in all Evan, you can't get involved in the scrapping. But this time, it was different. Different? How? There was Luton fans I could rut with. What? You fought with... Fans from the land of the living? Nah, dead ones like us, mate. But what were they doing at a game in Hornet Heaven? Ours is an afterlife exclusively for Watford fans. I didn't stop to find out, mate. I just steamed in and decked a bunch of scammers. God, it felt good. Henry frowned. Lamper had been a reformed character since becoming head steward in 1980. But now it seemed the former hooligan had returned to the dark side. In fact, I'm going straight back for more. But, (laughs) Lamper, it's Christmas. Peace on earth and goodwill to all men and all that. This ain't earth, mate. And scammers don't need goodwill. They need a good kicking. Lamper headed back towards the ancient turnstile. Wait, Lamper, we can't have this behaviour in Hornet Heaven. Lamper, come back! Henry. Rushed to the new gallery restaurant in the southwest corner of the stadium, he knew he'd find his old friend Johnny Allgood sitting at the semicircular booth that had become their regular haunt in recent months. Johnny, Watford's first ever manager, looked up and said, "Henry, you're looking like this season's a wicket. If you mean I'm looking utterly gorgeous, Johnny." I'm afraid this is no time for bromantic flattery. I mean, you look completely white. Has something scared you? Ah, I see. Well, as a matter of fact, yes. Violence has reared its ugly head in hornet heaven. And is that head shaven and scarred too? Are you talking about Lumper? Henry sat down. He told Johnny how Lamper had somehow been fighting deceased Luton fans at a game in Hornet Heaven. I mean, (laughs) how's it even possible? What do you think has happened? Johnny rubbed his chin and thought. My guess is that our afterlife has collided with theirs somehow. But... I heard Hatter Heaven closed down years ago, through lack of interest, for new fans perhaps. But there must be generations trapped inside, watching Luton for eternity. Poor, tortured souls. Easy with the sympathy, Johnny. They brought it upon themselves, true but surely there's no torment quite as bad as watching Kerry Dixon and Paul Walsh over and over for the rest of time. Ooh, but listen, Johnny. What if this collision of the heavens is a permanent state of affairs? There were rumours of the two clubs merging back in the dark days of the 1970s. At the time, the very thought made me want to kill myself to end it all. But I couldn't kill myself. I was already dead. Really? That would have been... And I still am dead. We all are. There'd be no way out. We'd be stuck with the merger for eternity. No need to panic, Henry. Not yet, anyway. If the overlap is only at the 1979 Boxing Day game, the problem should be containable but we need to find out. I think you and I had better revisit a few old derbies to see if the problem's more widespread. Oh, I hoped you wouldn't say that. That's going to be distinctly unpleasant. Kenilworth Road is such a filthy hovel. Aye, but we can make it easy for ourselves to start with there's one particular derby that's always a pleasure. Come on, let's go. In the past, Henry had always tried to hold his breath whenever he had to visit the kennel. But now, he inhaled deeply. Ah! The 4th of October... 1997, the Feast of St. Kenilworth. For half an hour, Henry and Johnny were totally distracted by the football. First, Richard Johnson thumped a shot through a crowd of players. 1-0. Then Di Thomas clipped home the rebound from his own shot. 2-0. Then Peter Kennedy hooked a loose ball into the far corner of the net. 3-0. Then Kennedy ran 40 yards and dispatched a drive into the other corner. 4-0. Henry and Johnny yelled and jumped as uncontrollably as they'd yelled and jumped on the original magnificent occasion. After the goals had gone in, The two friends started combing the stadium for anyone from Hatter heaven rather than the real world. They carefully checked what used to be the bobber's stand, but now seemed to be a double glazing exhibition, with chalet show homes stretching the length of the pitch. But they found no one. Henry said, I'm amazed. You'd have thought people in Hatter Heaven would flock back to this game all the time. Really? Why? Well, they have to be masochists to support Luton in the first place, so the mother of all spankings ought to be a massive turn-on. Henry and Johnny carried on searching, but in the end they concluded that there was no rift in the heavens at this particular match the 4-0 win was still absolutely perfect. Back in the atrium, young Derek Garston was sitting on a yellow sofa with his boss Bill Mainwood, Hornet Heaven's Head of Programmes. The 13-year-old was explaining a new card game he'd been given for Christmas from the Hornet shop. Right, sir, my next card is Wilf Rostrand. And I have to choose a category. Wilf's strong point was appearances, so I'm choosing that. What you have to do now is see whether the player on your next card can beat Wilf's 404. I see. Well, my next card is all. My favourite, Lloyd Doily. do sir! You're so lucky! Derek handed his Wilf Rostrum card to Bill in defeat. Wait, before you do that, don't I have to tell you how many appearances Lloyd made? There's no need to rub it in, sir. But I... I've got all the stats in my head. Lloyd Doyley played for us 443 times. Derek heard approaching footsteps. He looked up and saw Henry Grover and Johnny Allgood. Henry said, Sorry to interrupt, Derek, but we've got a bit of a crisis on our hands. We need to pick your encyclopedic brain. Henry told Derek about Johnny's theory that Hornet Heaven and Hatter Heaven had collided somehow. He reported how the overlap seemed to be happening at certain local derbies, but not all of them which was a bit puzzling. Derek quickly chirped up with an idea. Perhaps our heavens have crossed at Christmas fixtures only, Mr Grover, sir. In the first half of the 20th century, it was something of a tradition that the clubs rubbed up against each other over the festive period. In fact, when you were manager, Mr Allgood, sir, we played them four years in a row on either Christmas Day or Boxing Day. Great. Thanks for reminding me. We didn't win a single game. One year, in 1940, we even played them twice on Christmas Day. At home in the morning, away in the afternoon. Ugh, I remember that. The fixture list that year was even more indigestible than my wartime Christmas dinner. Still, it's a decent theory, Derek. Come on, Johnny. Let's go back to that Christmas Day double-header and see if the heavens have collided there. Henry and Johnny went off to fetch programs, leaving Bill and Derek to their card game. Right. My turn, young man. I've got Ross Jenkins. Marvellous. I loved Ross. And I'm choosing Goals. One hundred and forty-two. Dole! Irelio Gomez. Zero. You're so jammy, sir. That's it. I hate top trumps. I never want to play again. Henry and Johnny stood in a sparse crowd of 2,743 at Vicarage Road on the morning of Christmas Day 1940. They quickly noticed that two of Watford's greatest all time heroes, Arthur Woodward and Tommy Barnett, were playing in the team that day. But their attention was immediately drawn to a large group of people gathering on the bend in the southwest corner of the ground. Look, Johnny, I spy Luton fans, but I can't be sure from this distance whether they're from the Land of the Living or from Hatter Heaven. Well, they're not wanted, dead or alive. Let's go over, and let's be ready to be diplomatic, at first anyway. Henry and Johnny arrived on the bend. They saw a wide range of fashions and hairstyles from before and after 1940. These Luton fans were clearly from Hatter heaven. So, Derek was right about the overlap being at Christmas Games. What an ugly bunch. How did they get here? Probably the same way we do. They must have a separate turnstile somewhere. A skinhead stepped forward from the group of Luton fans. Henry held up a palm. We come in peace. Want Sam do ya? I bid you a warm welcome to Horned Heaven. Piss off, Grandad. This is our manna. This is utter heaven. Ah, sorry to have to correct you, you see. We've come through the ancient turnstile from Hornet Heaven. Our turnstile's over there. Is that right? Well, cheers for the directions. What? We was planning to take the Vicarage Road end at this match. Now we know how to take your heaven. The old thing Come on, lads! Easy me Oh Bucker. I think I've made a boo-boo, Johnny. Several more skinheads stepped forward out of the group. Johnny stepped in front of Henry. Guys some friendly advice. Don't even think of trying to go through our turnstile. See that guy on the pitch with the big chin. Everyone turned to look at Watford's 34 year old halfback, Arthur Woodward. Arthur shoulder barged a Luton player. The Luton player, face planted into the mud. An older and tougher version of Arthur Woodward is in Hornet Heaven. He's just the other side of the turnstile, waiting for any trouble from you lot. Is he Johnny? I I didn't see him. Johnny kicked Henry on the shin. Ouch! Listen, guys. We need to resolve this amicably. Henry here is the leader of our heaven. Go and get your leader, and let's have them meet for talks. A high-level summit meeting at the return fixture of this double-header, Christmas afternoon, 1940. The skinheads watched Arthur Woodward barge another Luton player over the low fence onto the dog track. All right. When? First thing tomorrow. Boxing Day. 2016. Earth time. Johnny turned. He led Henry back towards the ancient turnstile. He called back to the skinheads. And in the meantime, don't try anything. We've got Frank Barson in our heaven, and he's got a gun. Have we, Johnny? I don't remember Frank being, ouch! (laughs) Later, on Occupation Road, next to the ancient turnstile, Johnny Allgood inspected the home guard he'd managed to rustle up to defend Hornet Heaven. Seventy-seven-year-old Arthur Woodward stood with his sleeves rolled up and his fists raised. Don't panic! Don't panic! The fuzzy-wuzzies don't like it up em, sir! Alongside Arthur, was the very chubby figure of Willie Wheeler, a left-winger who'd played under Johnny Orgood in 1909. I say, Arthur, would you mind awfully not being quite so terribly aggressive? Johnny Allgood rolled his eyes. OK, Dad's me, stop messing about. This is serious. I am being serious. There's absolutely no need for fisticuffs. If I position my ample frame in the way, the Luton fans will simply bounce straight back where they came from. OK. Well, you stay and guard the turnstile while I go and get hold of reinforcements to buck you up. Hold on, Johnny. Here comes Tommy Barnett. He's a good'un. He'll muck in. Tommy! Tommy Boy Barnett. A gifted inside forward and one club man who played for Watford from 1928 to 1944 was walking towards them with his head bowed and his hands in his pockets. Tommy, are you okay? Tommy didn't look up. Chin up, Tommy lad. What's the problem? I, 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 I. come on, spit it out, boy. I, I i um, n- 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 not in t- 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 top t- t- trumps. In what? That's a card game, Arthur. It was this year's Christmas big seller in the Hornet shop. There's only one p- p- person from Hornet Heaven in it. They chose the p- big fella. But Cliff only scored 105 c- c- goals. I scored. One hundred and sixty-three. That's not fair. And Luther bloody Blissett has turned into my nemesis. First he overtook my league and cup appearances and goals record. Now he gets a top Trump's rating of one hundred. And I don't even... Steady, Tommy. Feature. Oh, don't worry, lad. We all know how important you are at this club. You... Arthur was interrupted by a loud clank of the ancient turnstile. Someone burst onto Occupation Road. It was Lampa. Now he had two black eyes. There's hundreds of scummers chasing me. This is brilliant! Suddenly, the snarling face of an angry hatter appeared on the other side of the ancient turnstile. The hatter screamed abuse into the sunshine of Occupation Road. More snarling faces appeared behind his. "Uh Uh-oh, they're coming. We're going to be outnumbered. Come on, scammers, bring it on! Willy Wheeler stepped forward. Gentlemen, leave this to me. Willie strode up to the ancient turnstile. He leaned forward and squeezed his fat belly between the spokes of the turnstile. Lamper shouted, Oi! What are you doing? Let them through! I want a rack! The hatters on the other side pushed and pushed, but the turnstile was jammed it wouldn't budge. Hornet heaven was safe. For now. First thing the next morning, Boxing Day 2016, Henry Grover entered the atrium. He went over to the shelves and found the programme for the Christmas Day afternoon game from 1940, where he was due for peace talks with the leader of Hatter Heaven. Nearby were two of Watford's old managers, Neil McBain and Harry Kent. McBain called out. Henry, do you know if our heavens are going to separate again? Well, I'm hoping it's a Christmas Day and Boxing Day thing, like our fixtures often were, and we'll be back to normal tomorrow. Why do you ask? Harry Kent interrupted. I think McBain wants to swap sides again. Neil McBain had managed Luton in between his two spells as Watford manager. Harry Kent would never let him forget it. Oh, let it lie, Kent. For God's sakes, man, just let it lie. Harry Kent, always a man of few words, replied... No. Henry headed back towards the exit, clutching his programme. He saw Lamper sitting on one of the yellow sofas. The young thug looked annoyed. Henry asked, What's the problem, Lamper? Willy Wheeler's been stuck in the turnstile since yesterday. But that's a good thing. He's kept the Hatter hordes at bay all this time but I can't get past him to go to any derbies. I could be handing out kickings right now. Henry sat down beside the former hooligan, who'd now reverted to type. He tried to find something he could say that might diffuse so much deep-seated anger. You know, Lamper, I've been thinking very deeply about this. Our rivalry with Luton doesn't have to be violent. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Hornets and hatters can be friends. No, they can't. They can. Sometimes members of the same family are either side of the Watford and Luton divide. They still love each other. Cobblers, you're making it up. My mum's a scummer down there on earth. She never loved me. That's so why I left home at sixteen. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. I'm not. I never saw her again before I died. Never wanted to. She's a scummer. I'd a lamped her. Lampa sounded full of bravado. But Henry could see turmoil behind the skinhead's eyes. It told him just how deep the local rivalry ran with some people. He patted Lamper on the shoulder and got up. As he headed for the ancient turnstile with his programme, he felt an even greater responsibility to achieve a peaceful outcome at his meeting with Luton's leader in a few moments' time. After Willy Wheeler had briefly prized himself out of the ancient turnstile to let Henry through, and then plugged his belly back in place, Henry's peace mission took him to the main stand touchline at Kenilworth Road on Christmas afternoon, 1940. There he met the leader of Hatter Heaven. The man was wearing a Mackintosh and a Luton scarf. He had large framed glasses and was balding beneath a flat cap. His name was Eric. Henry tried to make small talk. So, um, today's double header. What do you think of it so far? Rubbish! Henry was a little taken aback. He coughed. Hostile! Henry tried again to make conversation. This overlap of heavens, it's extraordinary, isn't it? You can't see the join! hey. Henry looked around for someone he could start a proper dialogue with. A 74-year-old man stepped forward and introduced himself as Bob Morton, Luton's record appearance maker. Morton apologised for Eric and chatted amiably with Henry. As they chatted, Henry learned a lot about Hatter Heaven. It had the same entry requirements as Hornet Heaven, unconditional love for the club. But the place hadn't had any new residents for years. Luton Town had simply become too unlovable. Henry also learned that Hatter Heaven was extremely run down. It didn't have anything like Hornet Heaven's magnificent golden atrium or posh new gallery restaurant. To get into matches, residents had to shuffle through the front door of someone's house on Oak Road. Between matches, they had to loiter in the narrow alley behind the bobber's stand, where it was eternally raining. Eric leaned in and sang, Bring me sunshine, Bob Morton said, ''Not now, Eric.'' Henry moved his conversation with Bob Morton onto the issue of the animosity between Watford and Luton fans and how they could stop it. He said, ''We need to put an end to the hostilities.'' ''A truce, you mean.'' ''By Jove, what a great idea!'' We could have a Christmas truce, just like the English and German troops did in the trenches in 1914. Let's replicate that. Let's get the warring factions to cease fire, step out of the battle lines in their hundreds, meet up and shake hands. It's a good idea, but we'd need a wasteland with knee-deep mud just like on the Western Front. Where will we find that? Eric Morecambe answered the question by leaning forward and pointing to the Kenilworth Road playing surface. He pinched Morton's cheeks and said, This boy's a fool! After a bit of pushing and shoving with Willie Wheeler's belly, Henry arrived back on Occupation Road. He walked up to the atrium where he found Bill Mainwood and Derek Garston playing top trumps again. Henry sat down with him and described his vision of the Christmas truce he'd arranged would take place later, on the evening of Boxing Day 2016, Earth Time. Bill said, ''Oh, lovely. That'll be a very moving occasion. A triumph of the human spirit.'' ''Rubbish, sir.'' ''I beg your pardon, Derek.'' ''A triumph of the human spirit.'' Ha! Now, listen, young man, it needs to be a triumph for Watford over the filthy hatters, sir! Oh, dear Derek, I don't think you quite understand the idea of a truce. I understand perfectly, sir, but if we're having one like the English and German truce in 1914, an impromptu football match is bound to break out between the enemy sides, in which case... We have to make sure we win. Henry hadn't considered this. He nodded thoughtfully. The boy's got a point, Bill. It's a chance to beat the Hatters on their own patch. We haven't had the opportunity to do that for years. 2nd of January 2006, sir. 2-1... Henderson and Mackay! Bill warmed to the idea. He smiled. Well, now you're talking. 2-1. We beat the scum 2-1. You know what, Derek? You're right. It's about time we beat them again. Since 2006, Luton have been too useless for us to play them. Let's do it! Let's make sure a football match breaks out and let's make sure we win by taking along the very best players in Hornet Heaven. Only... Ah... We've got dozens of players up here, going all the way back to 1881. How are we going to decide which are the very best Derek picked up his pack of Top Trump's cards. That won't be difficult at all, Mr Grober, sir. Leave it with me. Throughout Boxing Day afternoon, in the programme office, Derek worked feverishly. Using the categories of appearances, seasons played and goals scored, he painstakingly compiled a top trumps rating for every single player in Hornet history. Meanwhile, Henry Grover and Johnny Allgood sent word around Hornet heaven for everyone to assemble in the atrium, where the team would be announced that evening. The residents liked the idea of a mass handshake and a jumpers for goalpost football match. The only person who didn't want to join in was Lampa. He said he was furious that Willy Wheeler was still jamming the ancient turnstile. It was a wasted opportunity, he complained. There's hundreds of scummers out there and they're not getting punched! By late evening... Just in time for everyone to go to the match that had been chosen for the Christmas truce, Henry had a team sheet in his hand. It was time to announce the lineup for the impromptu match he would make sure broke out on the cratered wasteland of Kenilworth Road in 1911. He called for everyone's attention. OK then, everybody. Here's the team. In goal on account of his 13 seasons and 341 appearances, will be Skilly Williams. Skilly shouted out, Get in! But what's my top Trump's rating? Ah, uh, let's see, uh 98. That's the same as Tony Coton. Result! Henry went through the rest of the team sheet naming historic Hornet heroes such as Charlie White, Arthur Woodward, George Catnow and Cliff Holton. Each of the players were cheered and patted on the back. Some former players, though, couldn't hide their disappointment that they didn't seem to have been named. In particular, Henry noticed a certain player staring at the floor of the atrium, looking very upset. So when Henry got to the last name on the team sheet, he said, Now, before I announce the final name, I want to say something about the top Trump's rating. In the card game on Earth, the top rating of 100 was earned by Luther Blissett for his 503 appearances across 15 seasons, scoring 186 goals. But here's the thing. In Hornet Heaven, we have someone who, when you include his wartime appearances for the club, made 541 appearances across 16 seasons, scoring 189 goals. Better in all three categories. Henry glanced across the room at Tommy Barney. The former inside forward wasn't staring at the floor anymore. He would recognised the stats and was gazing at Henry with a tentative, hopeful look on his face. Henry continued. So, the final name on the team sheet, with a top Trump's rating of 101, is Tommy Barnett. All the residents in the atrium roared their approval. Tommy Barnett's eyes filled with tears. Arthur Woodward and George Catlow lifted Tommy onto their shoulders. With tears streaming down his cheeks, Tommy punched the air and shouted, One hundred and one! Stick that in your pipe and smoke it! Luther bloody bliss it! As the residents carried on cheering, Bill Mainwood and Derek Garston started handing out programmes for the game. Henry, though, had one last task before he could lead everyone to Christmas Day, 1911. He went over to the yellow sofa where Lamper was sitting. Hello, Lamper. Will you be joining us? If I go to the kennel, it won't be to shake hands. It'll be to punch face! Ah, I was rather hoping you might like to go there to do something else. All right then, I'll kick face. Look, Lamper, let me speak plainly. Hornet Heaven needs you to curb your thuggery, so I'm going to make you an offer. If you promise not to lamp anyone, You can be our substitute for the match, and I'll make sure you get a game. You'll be playing alongside some of the greatest legends this football club has known. Cliff Holton, Tommy Barnett. Imagine playing with them, Lamper, against the old enemy. Just imagine it. Lamper imagined it. He wrinkled his broken nose. He recognized it as the amazing once in an afterlife opportunity it was. He looked at Henry and said, Nah. Forty five minutes later, an extraordinary and historic scene took place. Across the muddy expanse of the Kenilworth Road pitch, at the half time interval on Christmas Day 1911, two phalanxes converged. Hundreds of Hornets stepped out of the Oak Road end. Hundreds of Hatters stepped out of the Kenilworth end. A spirit of reconciliation rippled palpably through the massed ranks of both sides as they advanced. On the halfway line, Hornet would shake the hand of Hatter. Bill Mainwood, a few steps behind the front line, found it almost too emotional. He turned to Derek Garston beside him and said with wet eyes, I told you this would be a triumph of the human spirit. Derek nodded. He turned to Bill to agree, only to see Bill being knocked to the ground. Ouch! Careful! Bill landed heavily. He looked up through mud-spattered spectacles. He saw the man responsible for knocking him over had been Lamper. The skinhead was barging his way to the front line. Run him, lads! Take out their top boy! There he is, the one catching an imaginary ball in a paper bag! Bill lay and watched Lamper charge the Luton fans. Lamper's arms were windmilling. Bill gasped in dread that the biggest pitched battle in Watford and Luton history was about to erupt. The Christmas truce had gone disastrously wrong. There'd be no handshakes. There'd be no friendly kickabout. There would be carnage everywhere. Bill was just about to close his eyes, to shut out the horror. But then he saw a little old lady step forward from the Luton hordes right into Lampa's path. Lampa stopped windmilling. He came skidding to a halt in the mud. His jaw dropped open. He said, MUM? The two sides put down jumpers for goalposts at each end of the pitch. It was only a five-minute match during the rest of the half-time interval. But five minutes was all it took for 77-year-old Tommy Barnett to bag a hat-trick and 67-year-old Cliff Holton to thump home a 40-yard thunderbolt. It meant Watford had trounced Luton again at Kenilworth Road. Henry Grover and Johnny Allgood stood on the touchline and smiled at each other. This 4-0 win was absolutely perfect too. The defeated hatters, players and fans took the trouncing in surprisingly good grace. Their tolerance had been inspired by watching the touching emotional reconciliation between Watford's chief steward and his Luton-supporting mother, just before the impromptu match. As the crowds now dispersed, Watford fans back to their golden atrium, Luton fans back to their rain-swept alley Lamper and his mum stayed behind. They embraced in the centre circle. I'm sorry, Mum. I was a terrible son. Don't say that. We're friends again now. And we've got each other forever. For all eternity. I'm so happy. This collision of heavens has been the best thing ever. Now we can meet at any Christmas derby between Watford and Luton as often as we like. Lamper stepped back out of the hug. He bowed his head to wipe a tear from his eye. But when he looked up, he saw his mum was starting to fade. Mum, what's happening? Reginald, you're fading. Come back. Lamper wrapped his arms around her, but she was hardly there. The Evans must be separating again. madam don't leave me! Don't leave me! A moment later, as Boxing Day 2016 reached midnight, Lamper found himself standing in the centre circle, in the muddy wasteland of 1911, alone. He closed his eyes and whispered, I love you, Mum. I promise I'll never hit anyone ever again. Boxing Day was over. Christmas 2016 was now in the past. Henry Grover and Johnny Allgood sat in their usual semicircular booth in the gallery. Henry said to Johnny, ''Well, I've had every game checked and there's definitely no overlap between the heavens anymore, anywhere.'' ''You've done a great job, Henry. You've proved yourself the perfect leader.'' ''Really?'' (laughs) ''Their leader, Eric.'' said I had short, fat, hairy legs. Anyway, I think it all worked out pretty well in the end. Lampers a reformed man. Again. And we maintained the Christmas spirit of peace and goodwill, despite having hundreds of horrible hatters in our midst. If you ask me, the match between the heavens was the best bit. That was brilliant, Henry. There's no feeling in the world quite like a fresh victory over Luton Town. Absolutely. In fact, it makes me hope our heavens collide every Christmas. Really? You mean you'd be prepared to go through two days of fear, stress, hard work, and antagonism all over again every year, forever? Of course I would, Johnny. I mean, How else would we enjoy new wins over the old enemy? After all, Luton are never going to be good enough to play Watford again in the real world for the rest of eternity. The End The next episode of Hornet Heaven Will be Series 3, Episode 1. Not Quite Managing. To find out more, go to HornetHeaven.com. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken.